And now for something completely different. God, you ever, you ever realize that sometimes, even though God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, sometimes he's up to something completely different in your life. Absolutely, completely different. Amen. By the way, y'all need to come talk to me about next Sunday, Dinner with Dave. If you're new to the church or if you've been coming for a while, but you've just kind of, you know, you've just kind of been hanging out, you want to get to know a little bit more about the church, come talk to me. Next Sunday, 6 o'clock p.m., I'm making homemade gumbo. My homemade gumbo. Oh, now some of y'all say, oh, well, I'm interested in dinner with Dave. So like Mark, Mark saying, you know, I'm not really sure about the church. I need, I've got more questions about it. So. Uh, so anyways, even if you're not new to the church and you just say, I, need, I just need some gumbo love. Okay, well, come talk to me. Okay, you can stop in, right? So now for something completely different, we're going to read the verse that Kate read this morning out of Isaiah chapter 43, starting with verse 15. Someone hear me today. Not hear me, but hear what the, what the Spirit is trying to say. Uh, God, is, is, he's been doing a new thing since uh, we ramped up into having this church around in this neighborhood. But, but I think he's expediting some new things in this season. Isaiah 43, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. Now understand that Israel is a type and shadow of the church. So if you read the Old Testament, some of the things that took place with Israel, you can, you can apply it as a type and shadow to the modern-day church. So I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters. Anyone need him to open a way through some waters that you're going through? Making a dry path through the sea. Boy, he's done that for me many a time. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. You ever had the Lord actually take something when the enemy has come against you like a flood, and out of nowhere, God saved the day, made a way where there was no way in your life? Your nowhere became a now here. And, and all of a sudden, the enemy seemed like he was coming in like a flood, and then he was just vanquished. All the things that were attacking you in life. It's as if they were drowned under his presence. Snuffed out like a candle wick. That's some pretty cool things. You know, those are wonderful times. I could sit down and share with you some stories of my life through the years, what God's done for me. And he said, you remember all that? He said, well, forget about it all. Forget about all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Oh, someone hear me today. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something completely different, he's saying. Don't try to imagine it. Don't try to foresee it. Don't try to think it through. Don't use your own logic. I'm about to do something in your life that is completely different out of nowhere. Your nowhere will now become now here. He says, see, I've already begun some of us have been panicking over some things, and God said, no, I've already started the work. You know? You ever experienced, uh, you've been out in the yard working or out playing with your kids, and you know that there's supposed to be a rainstorm coming through, and all of a sudden you feel a couple of drops, and that indicates, oh, it's about to start. Do you realize that that storm is inevitable by the time that those drops take place? This week, I want you to start being open to little drops of God's provision in your life and understand when you feel those drops that it means that his deluge of love and provision is, is inevitable. 
It's already on the way. That's what he's saying. I'm doing something brand new in your life, and I've already started it. You didn't even, you didn't even know it. I started making a way where there was no way. I started opening paths up, new paths in the water. It says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Some of you have been going through some wilderness, and you feel like you've been lost. He says, I'm going to make a pathway through it, and I will create rivers and dry wastelands. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is Christ. Allow Christ to live in us via your word and allow fresh revelation to take place, Lord. Father, help us to revisit some things that you've said, but let it be brand new for those of us today that hear it. Spirit, use this word to minister to each and every person individually according to their needs. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Something brand new. That's the problem. We start trying to figure God out. We don't realize that when we say a prayer, when we make a request, that it falls in an infinite pool of God's provision. There's an infinite amount of ways he can answer that prayer. Say, well, God didn't answer the prayer. No, I guarantee you, he's answered every prayer that we've ever prayed. At times, he may not answer it the way that we're expecting him to, so we've totally missed it. Sometimes his answer is no, <laughs> but he answered. I'm telling you, he has promised that he will, Psalm 91 says, I will answer every time you call to me. I will answer. So could it be that your discouragement today, that your frustration, that your thoughts of just throwing in the towel on whatever it is in life that you've been waiting for and believing for, could it be that God's already started answering it and he's already begun a work? It's just that it's something brand new, something from left field that you didn't see coming, something that is so creative that all of a sudden when it takes place in your life, you have to say, this was God. I never would have imagined this. I never would have thought of this. I would have never conceived it. Yet God is telling someone today, I'm doing something brand new. Last week, I've been living on the word that, we, that he spoke last week, that, that the future glory of this temple will be greater than any of the past glory. I don't care how God's moved in your life in the past. The fact that you're sitting here, breathing, worshiping him, shows that he has moved in your life in some capacity, that he's answered prayers, that, it, that he, is, he has moved on your behalf in some way. And, and I'm sure all of you have great testimonies on how he has how he has helped you overcome, overcome some things. But what he is saying is forget about all that because you've not seen anything yet. Like we said last week, you ain't seen nothing yet. Eye has never seen, ears never heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him and are obedient to his word. And so he's saying, I'm doing something brand new. Don't try to preconceive it. Don't try to plan it. Don't try to think it out. It's something new. It's time for something completely different. And be open to it. That can rattle us sometimes. We like familiarity. Anyone in here just 100% embrace change easily? I don't. <laughs> I like comfort zones. I like familiarity. God has to shove me out of them all the time. The, the word that God gave pertaining to this fellowship long before there was this fellowship had to do with newness and change. 
and the Lord impressed upon me to reshare the word. Some of you have heard me talk about it before. Some of you, this may be the first time you've heard me talk about it. But, but it was, it was a, a, a wonderful revelation for what God was wanting to establish here and what he is continuing to establish here and may explain some things to you why things are, you know, are, are, are happening in the manner in which they are happening. Because God is up to something completely different. What is it? I don't know. It's different. I don't have any words for it yet. Sometimes I can see it. Sometimes I can pray it. I just don't know how to put it into English, right? So let's, let's talk about John the Baptist. Before John the Baptist was born, his, his parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth, uh, were childless. They were getting up in age. His dad was a priest. And, and so they had been praying for some time for the Lord to give them a child. Elizabeth, as you'll remember, is the cousin of Mary, who was, who was the mother of Jesus. And so John the Baptist, before he was even born, this, something wonderful and crazy took place. If you remember, Zacharias was, he had, they, he had drawn his time for, to, to go and work in the temple. And so he's inside of the temple doing his priestly duties, and he looks up, and this big giant angel is right there in front of him. And he likes to have a heart attack. Isn't it, isn't it fun what angels say all the time in the Bible? What's the first thing they speak? Don't be afraid. afraid. You've got a mammoth, powerful being in front of you that's not of earth. Hey, calm down. Don't be afraid, you know. They have a wonderful sense of humor. He said, don't. He said, fear not. Don't be afraid. He said, the Lord has heard your prayer, and your wife, Elizabeth, is pregnant. Well, at this time, now, little did Zacharias know, Elizabeth out hanging clothes up, you know, you know to, to dry outside of their house, and all of a sudden, she starts feeling something kick. She says, what in the world's going on, you know? In the meantime, he's in the temple, you know, uh, just, just having his wits scared out of him, and, and the angel said, no, 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 your, your wife's going to have a baby, and God has named that child. He's named him John. You're going to have a baby, and his name is John. They didn't even get to pick the name. God named the baby. Not only that, that's the first time the name John ever appears in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying he's, he was the first John, but up until then, all the Bible characters that you see, John was not one of the names. God's doing something new. He's up to something. He was setting the stage for something. Now, John the Baptist would be the precursor to Christ. He would be the one that would be out in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He would be the one that would decree when Jesus came down to be baptized, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He would be the one to baptize Christ and see with his own eyes. The heavens open up. The Spirit of God descending on Christ like a dove and hearing the Father say, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. He was the one that came in the spirit of Elijah because Elijah had to first come before the Messiah. Jesus said, I tell you, Elijah did come. John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. John was very pivotal and important. Why? Because God was about to do something new via Christ and he needed someone to prepare the way. This was all a new stage. 
it was time for something completely different. And God said, I've named the boy. Your wife's going to have a boy, but his name's John. You don't get to pick the name. I chose the name for you. Now, fast forward to many, many years later, about 2,000 years later, uh, you had the Nehemiah Company start developing this neighborhood. And many of us started moving in. And uh, I had never met Bob Kimball or Howard Porteous or Paul Gibbs or anyone else who was involved in planting this church. I was minding my own business sitting on my front porch drinking coffee, talking to God. Because that's where I said that God drinks coffee with me. It was on my front porch. I say, well, why does God, God doesn't drink coffee? Maybe not with you but he drinks coffee with me. So, as a matter of fact, Austin Cole, when he testified about his vision of heaven, confirmed there's coffee in heaven. <laughs> of course there is. God drinks coffee. So the Lord was talking with me. And of course, I'm seeing houses still being built down my street and everything. And he says, what do you see? I said, well, I see houses being built. And he says, no, I'm building a church. You're going to build a church. Where? And he says, what do you see? I see houses being built. And he says, no, you see my church. He said, this neighborhood is not about the houses, but it's about the people and the families. And then he said, David, love my church. And I said, well, you got some crazy people in your church, God, because I know these people down there, and I've seen these people down there, and this dude's Buddhist. That guy doesn't even believe in you. And he said, you leave that up to me. That's my domain. My spirit will draw them. You love them. And so that's how I got to know some of you guys. All of a sudden, I started taking gumbo around from house to house and all this stuff. If I had leftovers, I'd pack it up. I wanted to go start meeting some of you guys. So I went out and started, started meeting y'all. And, and that's all I was, I was, God said to love the church. And I just thought, look at that. He's not building just a neighborhood. He's building a church. Or he's building a place for his people to come. And he kept talking about the ga- my gathering. He was like, and so I'd get out on the front porch. He'd say, pray for my gathering, pray for my gathering. And finally I asked him, I said, is there, there going to be a place that your gathering meets? And he said, yeah. I said, where? He said, down by the lake club. He said, I want you to go down there. I want you to pray over it. So I would take my anointing oil, come down to the lake club, which was a big, giant mound of dirt. Y'all remember that? That was back in the days that we didn't have a lake. We had a puddle. Right? And Bob kept telling, we were like, how much water are you pumping in from the Trinity River? Because it's, you know, I was about to bring my, my hose out here and help, you know, and just <laughs> stretch it out here. And Bob kept saying, it's going to fill up. Jeff Williams said it would fill up. Of course, you know, Mary Williams and his company was out here digging this up. It's going to fill up. And we went all that time. It shows what God can do. You know, we, by, by our own measure, we're trying to pump in water from, from the, the, the Trinity River, and it was just still a big puddle. And y'all remember, in one weekend, in one day, in one day, God decided, nah, it's time to give him a lake. And we had a lake. A big monsoon came through here, right? That's how God, if you're saying, look, I've been waiting years and years for God to do something, and I've tried everything within my power, and it hasn't worked yet. And one day, God can turn the tide of your whole life. 
in one moment, years of struggle can become an instant of blessing. If you just believe, because God is up to something different. So I'm out here walking around this big pile of dirt. I had no clue that the day would come that we'd all be worshiping right here, just like we are. And in the process of it, I had no clue that before ground was even broke here, you know, on this old swamp land, that Bob Kimball was sitting in Tilly Bergen's office saying, I'm, I'm going to build a community, but God's telling me I'm going to build a church. I had no clue that Howard Porteous was coming along to tag along for the ride <laughs> and say, God, how do you want me to... All right, yeah, let's build this church. I had no clue that the God had, was placing Paul Gibbs into the neighborhood to help kickstart things. Had no clue that God was going to gather all of us together to start facilitating a place of worship on a Sunday morning. All I knew was God was saying, pray for my church, pray for my gathering, pray for my people. Go love my church, love my gathering, love my people. And then he spoke this to me. He reminded me of the story of John the Baptist. And he said, David, he said, I've already named the child. What I am birthing in this community is new. I've already named it. I don't want people to pattern it after anything that's already been created. I don't want people to try to pattern it after systems and church growth programs and whatever we have. I've already named it. It's up to you guys to seek me, seek my presence, to find out what it is. Look at the rest of the story with John the Baptist. So he was born finally, right? So starting in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her. Everyone say, neighbors and relatives. Those who are closest to you. Those who know you the best, your friends, your family, those who you want to be allies to you. Sometimes they can be, y'all ever been discouraged by neighbors and relatives? <laughs> you start feeling like God's doing something new in your life and you're excited and God's birthing something brand new and you're like, man, I know this is of God and all of a sudden they start kind of going, hey, let's come celebrate and then they realize, whoa, wait a minute, what's this, this, this is interesting. So it says that the neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her. Everyone rejoiced. Woo, we're going to party and worship God. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. Now look at their response. What? <laughs> you know, hey, we're going to name him Junior. Because that's what you do. You have a baby, you name him after the dad. That's our custom. That's how we always do it. Y'all been waiting a long time. Why don't you honor your husband? You're going to name him Zacharias, right? No, he's already got a name. God's named this baby. His name is John. What? They exclaim, there is no one in all your family by that name. You can't name him John. Nobody's ever been named John in your family. That's ridiculous. Why do you want to do that? We've never done it that way. Isn't it funny when God starts trying to do something new that sometimes those closest to you has to say, 
We ain't never done it that way. I don't think you're hearing from God. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Uh, some of us were out meeting with uh, harvesters, reaching the nations. Thank you. That's a, that's a big, long name for me. Harvesters reaching the nations. Or we, we all call it harvesters. It's a wonderful missions group uh, uh, that, that are having a major impact in South Sudan and even Uganda now. And uh, the founder is a wonderful lady uh, named Mama Lily, who if everything works out, Mama Lily will be here on Mother's Day to minister to us and to, to share what the Lord's done. This lady, uh, I fell in love with her instantly when I sat down. Now, Kate and JJ like, got to interact quite a bit with them when they were doing missions work in South Sudan. And, uh, but this lady is great, and, and you'll love her because this is what happened. Like I sit down at the table, I chat with one of her employees, and I look at her, I say, Mama Lily... You, you don't strike me as a missionary. How did you even get into missions work? And this is what she said. She says, oh, yeah, I was at a, I was at a uh, ladies' convention, yeah? And uh, then the Lord spoke to me, and I said, oh, geez, the Lord's speaking to me. And I said, oh, how can I help the people of Sudan? And he says, sells everything you have. And I was like, do you love Brett Favre? <laughs> you know? What part of Wisconsin are you from? Oh, I'm from the Appleton area up near Green Bay. Do you ever eat at the Wolf River Diner? Oh, all the time. They got the best chili soup around. You know, it was great. It, man, she's, you'll love her Wisconsin accent. Hilarious. Uh, matter of fact, everyone's asking her all these detailed questions. And then Kate says, Pastor Dave, do you have any last question for her? I said, no, I just need, I need one statement from her that's going to make the difference for me. And she says, oh, what's that? And I said, I want you to look me in the eye and say, don't you know? And she, oh, don't you know? I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm in. So Mama Lily was telling me that, you know, she was just this lady attending a, a women's conference, and the Lord moved on her, said, sell everything you have and, and go give it to the poor in Sudan. And three weeks later, she got the courage to tell her husband. And her husband says, out of 10,000 women at this conference, God decides to speak to you about this, you know? <laughs> and, you know, they were in Sudan, South Sudan for 14 years uh, ministering to the orphans and the widows of a war-torn war -torn nation. And, and she says, uh, but she told me, she said, when I, I, she goes, I didn't know what to do. I, I was just, you know, okay, God wants me to do this. And she said that, and, and she was coming from uh, a particular denomination. And so she had those closest to her, the, the spiritual family and friends that said, okay, if you're going to do this, you need to do it the right way. You need to do it the way that our organization has always done it. And her response was, I, I just want to do it the way God's telling me to do it. And it, I thought, that's it. That's it. God already named it John. You can't call it Junior because God's already named it. I don't know what the final outcome will be for Gathering Church. The Lord has us growing in little increments and taking steps here and there. Say, well, what's the five-year forecast for? I, I don't, I have no clue. Does that scare anyone? That the senior pastor has no clue what the five-year forecast is. Why don't I know? Because God hadn't told me yet. As soon as God tells me, man, I'll share it. I'll get up here and say, this is what, this is what I feel like the Lord said. And then half of y'all probably wind up leaving at that point anyway. You're like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> Dave said what? You know, putting Monty Python up on the screen and... James Brown, having us dance to James Brown in the middle of service. What's going on around here? I don't know. I'm just telling you, whatever God said, 
He said it's named John. It's not supposed to be like anything else. We can't pattern it. Thank God for the big mega churches around. Thank God for Gateway. Thank God for, for uh, Watermark. Thank God for Fellowship Church. But we're not supposed to be a copy. They're doing what God's called them to do. We need to do what God's called us to do. What is it? Well, we're already doing some of it. What's the rest of it? I don't know. We're going to find out. It's not supposed to be like anything else. And one of the repeated things that I've heard over and over from many of you guys that have come in, you've said, this isn't like any other church I've ever been to. There's just a different spirit. There's a different vibe. There's a different sense of acceptance, a different sense of love. And I love it when you tell me that because it just confirms what God told me all those years ago. I had no clue sitting on the porch about all these other men and women that God was already bringing together to get the ball rolling. You know, and yet here we are two and a half years later and God's trying to do something completely different. And if we'll stay out of his way and if we'll try not to say, well, this is how we always did it. You know, when I was growing up, grandpa always did it this way. You know, my grandma's church, this is how we always did it. You know, the denomination that I came from, this is how we always did it. You know, well, praise God for that. But you can't call this junior because God's already named it John. And if, and if that's the word for us collectively, then that's also the word for you individually. Whatever God is trying to birth in your life this year, don't put a label on it. Don't try to preconceive it. He said, I'm doing something brand new. It's time for something completely different in your life. Let's all stand. While the musicians come back up here, if anyone needs prayer for anything, maybe you, maybe you are in the middle of your wilderness and you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm believing for God to make a path where there was no way, nowhere, I'm believing for God to make a now here. I'm believing that God is doing something different in my life. Actually, I want you to raise your hand. If, if, if you're shy, we'll all bow our heads. You know, Let's all bow our heads. That's, that's something good and religious to do, right? <laughs> but if you're here and you say, you know what, I just need someone to believe with me. I need someone to pray with me concerning something. And this word resonates with me. So I say yes and amen to it. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray over you today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray together. Father, I thank you that your ways are above our ways, that your rationale is beyond anything we can conceive. Lord, help us to have faith in you, even when you're doing something completely different in our life, something brand new, something that's not familiar. Help us to be open to whatever it is. Help us to have the divine confidence to know that it's you. If there's anyone here that needs to reconnect with you, Lord, I pray that your, your spirit just begins to convict them and pull them closer. That they'll open their heart back up to you, their lives back up to you. Encourage us. Father, open doors that need to be opened. Close doors that need to be shut. Blow the roof off of things that need to just be destroyed in our life. And set us all free and on fire for you. That we can expand your kingdom according to the purpose of which you have called us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen.